Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the first 2017 edition of Outsports, uh, the Outsports podcast. It's a rainy uh, January 5th in Los Angeles, which I guess I can't complain about, Sid, given that it's bitter cold in most of the rest of the country and we need the rain, but uh, it does have the feel of the start of a new year already, huh? It's great. People around the country don't understand that we Angelinos celebrate rain and it's it's been rainy drizzly gray for pretty much the last two or three weeks and it's awesome i haven't had to turn on my sprinklers that the hills are green uh and yeah and yeah we need the rain so badly so it, i know it doesn't make sense to most everybody else but we love the rain here in socal although of course the tv stations go crazy with Stormwatch 2017 you get a half inch of rain and everyone everyone sort of acts like it's the apocalypse but i guess up near in the in mammoth they're expecting up to 20 feet of snow from a couple of storms wow. in the next few days so you know i was i was in mammoth uh, a couple of years ago and in one night we got 5 feet of snow and and it's it it's real. I it, you you go to bed and you wake up the next morning and there are five there's five feet of snow on your car. It's crazy. Yeah, it's kind of an alpine um, topography up there, so it really is a yeah, very different from California, at least along the coast. But uh, so we're not complaining about the rain out here, and um, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about. We're going to start with a uh, we're calling gay football players. We have a record number of out LGBT athletes, and we had a, a fantastic performance by a uh, an openly gay uh, UFC fighter who knocked out Ronda Rousey in 48 seconds to win uh, to retain her championship. But we get with something you wrote about today, um, which you're just gonna have to describe because it happened during the Clemson Ohio State National College Football <laughs> Semifinal. It was caught on video and then on a million gifts people did about. Uh, what one Clemson player did to another Ohio State player. Well, first, Clemson just beat the crap out of Ohio State. It was 30-something to zero. 31-nothing. 31-nothing. And what I love is the – so SB Nation, you know, obviously has a Clemson blog and has an Ohio State blog, and the Ohio State blog is called Land Grant Holy Land. (laughs) And the Clemson blog has temporarily (laughs) changed its name to Land Grant Holy Land, but the O in Holy is a zero because the Ohio ah, State great. scored zero points against Clemson. So I, I, I saw that today and, and chuckled. Uh, but during the game, one of the defensive players for Clemson decided to, uh, after the play was over, quite visibly uh, lean over to an Ohio State player, uh, grab the Ohio State player's butt, and stick his fingers between the player's thighs and and goose him and and whether he grabbed his testicles or or just pushed his fingers up the guy's butt, uh, the Ohio State player you can see kind of clearly react uh, to, to to being to feeling a, a couple fingers down there, and you know since then people have people have screamed uh, sexual assault people have 
uh, said it's boys being boys. And one of the, well, I guess what prompted my piece today uh, was was one of the guy's teammates saying, yeah, this happens all the time. I mean, if, if, if you're not doing this, if you're not essentially grabbing guys' asses and, and, and penises and looking at other guys naked, then you're not really even participating in football. That it's such an inherent part of being a college football player that every single one of you does it or you're not really a part of the team. And, and to me, it was such a – we've talked about this for years, how, quote-unquote, gay the behavior of straight athletes are when when doors are closed and and you and they don't think anybody's watching and i just thought it was a really real real honest uh revelation by the clemson player that yeah this is kind of par for the course well here's what ben bowler said he said um i know there's going to be that one person who said i never played i played football and i never did that well, you either sucked at football, you had no friends in the locker room, or you were the person that went in the bathroom stall to go change because you were scared to shower with the team. The people who were freaking out about that have never played the game or were just losers who didn't have any friends when they played the game. And it's, you know, yeah, he said he did the four-finger uh, thrust into the guy's butt. And, uh, yeah, it was a weird – the whole thing was just weird. I mean, the, 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 the thing itself actually is – Strange. I mean, I, nothing that anybody can condone and say, oh, yeah, it's okay to grab anybody. <laughs> but then the reply was, it was honest, even though it was a bit strange, because, one, I don't think everybody does do it, but I think it's a lot more prevalent, the whole notion that you wrote about, about guys looking at other guys and engaging in things that would be considered at least homoerotic, if not homosexual in the overall sense, in, in locker rooms. People compare penises. They compare their bodies. They have jokes and nicknames about other, you know, players, uh, part of their anatomy. I mean, it's, it's a common thing, and it is part, especially in college and high school. Um, I, you know, from what we've been told, it goes on a little less in the pros, that there is a, a more of a professional atmosphere. But definitely at the high school, college level, this idea of stuff that they would consider, quote-unquote, gay is considered acceptable. But then you hit the, you hit the twist, which is what happens if – there actually is a yeah. gay person in the room, and that's where the whole dynamic changes. Yeah, and it's all fun and games when when it's a bunch of straight guys naked and horsing around. And I mean, the, the stuff that we hear, the, stuff that I, the stories that I have been told about just your average after practice guys just you know taking their penises and slapping each other with them in in the shower in the locker room, and it's I mean it's a, it's a pretty they're just they're grabbing each other. They are touching each other naked. I mean, that doesn't happen in every single locker room, of course, despite what the Clemson player said. But it happens far, far more than you think. And it's all fun and games, and it's all just guys horsing around in the minds of some people. Until all of a sudden, there's a gay guy in the room, and when there's a gay guy in the room, suddenly it to some people in their minds, this becomes gay behavior. It's just straight boys straight being boys, and then when there's a gay guy there, all of a sudden, well, okay, well, I'm grabbing this, and what if the gay guy grabs me, and is a gay guy grabbing me? Does that make me gay? Do I, do I need to punch him in the face? I think this is the stuff that goes on in people's heads, and I think this is the stuff that society is wrestling with, and that eventually they'll come to the conclusion that, yeah, it's all fun and games, too. But uh, until then, I think it is, it's something that puts pressure on, on gay athletes to kind of, yeah, maybe, maybe if I come out, it's going to disrupt all of this. 
Well, and also, if an openly gay player did do that, they it would it's the one thing they would say, oh, we're afraid of. We, you know, our locker room is sacrosanct. We can't have, you know, sex going on in the locker room. We've heard that as an excuse for why, you know, people who are against having openly gay players. So if the person does it and he's closeted, it's conceits of boys be, you know, boys be boys. But if he does it as an acknowledged gay person, all of a sudden it becomes something different. But it's also, but it's on them. It's not on the gay person. And what gay football players have told us is that they've gone the opposite. They have showered often by themselves or they have not looked or they've gone out of their way not to engage in that. The stuff that they're you know, straight teammates do with, you know, total abandon and not caring because, oh, it's just guys screwing around the locker room because they knew they were gay. They actually went the other way where they were nervous about participating in it because this idea that, oh, then you're trying to hit on me and it becomes a different thing. Yeah, well, I, and and for for people who, you know, it was interesting. I posted this video about of Anthony Davis, the, the NBA player, when he was with Kentucky rolling around on the floor of the locker room, getting spanked naked by, by his teammates. And again, if, if, if you think this isn't happening in, across locker rooms, uh, across different levels and different sports in America, uh, across races and socioeconomic uh, um, status, I, I just think you're not – I don't have your, your pulse on what's going on in, in sports and in locker rooms. I mean, this is this, – this is what happens, and, and and for me, you know, the interesting part to me, one of the interesting parts, um, beyond the, the, you know, what happens when there's a gay guy in the room is, is at what point does it become hazing? At what point does it become? Does it go from okay, well, this is just innocent, like boys being boys, like this is actually okay, to this is becoming now problematic? At what point is there, you know? They're pressured to participate in this kind of stuff, and I think that's a that's a fine line that we've seen far too many times, uh, and particularly in high school, juniors and seniors, a line they they cross, and and so how how do you get to that line without it becoming problematic? I think you know it's one thing I would like to see coaches talk about more openly and honestly, because I think you need those coaches to say some of this stuff is okay and some of it's not. We need to know exactly what the boundaries are. Except I think it's hard to sort of say what the boundaries are because someone's innocent horseplay, someone else could feel violated by it. Yeah. And so I think that's part of the issue is that at some, at some level, it's like what the one Supreme Court justice said once about porn. I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. And I think it might be something like that here. It's like, yeah, some things I can totally get are just people screwing around and no one's offended. But other times it's like, where, are, where do you draw the boundaries, and at what point is someone feeling either coerced or viol, violated back that? So I think it would probably be hard for a coach would also be afraid of addressing that openly because then someone would say, oh, well, coach gave us permission to finger people. You know what I mean? Like they would, they would then take it as permission right. to do yeah. X, Y, or Z. And so most coaches are going to want to say, uh, I don't even know that that happens in my locker room, and I'm not looking. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, it's a great point. Well, I, either way, I mean, it was again, it was just, it was, it was actually just this incredible moment of honesty by this, uh, by this Clemson player to just really just talk openly about this, and this is something we do all the time, and grabbing each other as part of being a part of the Clemson football team. I, I, <laughs> I thought it was fascinating. I mean, he just opened right up about it, no problem. Well, is Tom Brady going to do it during a playoff game, or <laughs> Aaron Rodgers? Or- 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it is just kind of, it was just sort of strange. And remember what Robert Lipsight, the great sports writer, once theorized that the reason that he said a lot of a lot of athletes have three ways is it you know two guys and a girl is it allows them to sort of have sex with their teammate in a sanctioned way because there's a girl involved. And I always thought that was an interesting comment. And I think there's something going on here too that you know also you have young athletic men who are sexual. You know that. Yeah, right. Years ago, I spoke to someone who said he had uh, had oral sex with a person who turned out to be a very famous NFL player. And I said, oh, is that player, I don't know he was gay. And he said, oh, I don't know that he was gay, that in college we all just experimented. We all just kind of messed around. He may have just doing that to see what it felt like. And I thought that was an interesting answer because I think a lot of us would have labeled that person as gay. You know, for doing it, you know, not knowing the circumstances. And this person I spoke to said, no, he just, you know, at least the college he went to, they guys experimented on a lot of different stuff. So I do think some of it, this is a a sanctioned way to do things they would probably like to be curious about. But because they don't want to be labeled as gay, it has to be then done as boys beats boys. Yeah, well, and again, I don't like. I don't like saying that boys will be boys because it it gets thrown around as as a defense of inappropriate behavior. And like you said, yeah, some some of this is probably inappropriate behavior. Right? I mean, you know, you go to a, you go to a workplace, you walk into an office, uh, and and you don't expect somebody to 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 grab your crotch as as you're going to get a cup of coffee in the break room. So I, you know, this is this is also largely inappropriate behavior unless it's Unless it's welcome, I mean, if it's it, like it's just so many blurred lines and so many. I mean, this, the sports locker room is such a, it really is a, a unique place. Most of us aren't naked with our coworkers on a regular basis, so uh, you know, I, I don't know what all what the all the answers are, but it's, it's yeah. Certainly I wasn't saying it was justifiable. I was saying that's their justification in their heads. It's, oh, it's just guys being guys. That's the way I think they. Justified the behavior to themselves because they don't want to be seen as, oh my God, I might be gay. It's, oh, that's just dudes doing it in the locker room. We do it all the time. And so they, then they talk then more about a woman's, you know, probably then hyper talk about a women and what they'd like to do. So, yeah, but I do not think it's actually appropriate to do that because, like you said, where do you draw the line? If someone did it to person X, that person's going to be just uncomfortable in general with that kind of stuff. So, um, but it was interesting, and I guess we'll be watching the Clemson-Alabama game to see if uh, Christian Wilkins tries to grab anybody in Alabama after a tackle. Might be the one game where everyone's watching right after the play, in addition to the play. You know, like oh, let's keep our let's keep our eyes on the TV. So, uh, well, I'm curious to see if the commentators say anything about it. I mean, if it, if it was Al Michaels doing the game, you know, he would say something like, you know, oh, and his five fingers are still attached to his hand or something. Yeah, he yeah, yeah, some, exactly. Yeah. He had some. He had some some way just to let everybody know that that he he's staying on top of it. So I'll be curious to hear if, if the commentators do anything. Well, that's Monday night, Alabama against Clemson in a game. Uh, I don't really care who wins, but hopefully it'll be better than the two lousy semifinals. The best bowl game was the Rose Bowl, a game that you know, quote unquote, meant nothing, and it was my alma mater, Penn State excruciatingly lost in the last second but uh, to USC, but it was a fantastic game. But that'll be Monday night. And um, But in switching gears, we had a story today um, on a, an Ohio State gymnast, openly gay, uh, named Jake Martin. It was done by Eric Hall, one of our contributors. It's a really nice feature on 
uh, on Jake and how he had been selected team captain, and he was openly gay, and he's he's black, and he's taller than most, so he kind of kind of you know is is different, but has brought a lot of attention to the Ohio State. Oh, well, I'm sorry, a lot of tolerance to the Ohio State locker room, including the if the story talked about how the N word was thrown around a lot when he got there and how that has stopped, but. It segues into our thing about the number of, we had the list on Tuesday, of the gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender people in all areas of sports. And it is 171 at last count. And uh, it's kind of an amazing list because it seems to grow every year. Yeah, and, and we, we published it a, a, just a few days ago. It was 157 and 156, whatever the number was. And people came, well, you forgot this one and you missed that one. And I feel like such an idiot after all the coverage we gave to the pa- LGBT Paralympians that we I just we just hadn't um, – we missed that. We missed all of them for the list And, and when we published it, and, and not just because we were looking at the wrong tab. So I, I, we were looking at coming out the tabs and coming out stories tabs and just – just had just hadn't thought a couple of years ago we forgot Tom Daly on the list, which is just was <laughs> stupid. So, you know, some sometimes we just we just make stupid mistakes. We put up the list, but we keep we keep adding to it. And I mean, Jim, 171 that that is about 60 percent more than any other year we've ever had. That's a that's a really big increase, and I think part of that is people wanting to come out publicly and share their stories because they know how much it helps other people, and two just media entities local local newspapers student newspapers being more interested in these stories and, and looking for them you know when the the, uh, the 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 student newspaper at Yale uh you know talked about six different athletes all at the same time so you know i i i it's really neat to see and i don't know if you know without the olympics and without the paralympics i don't know if we'll, we'll beat 171 this year but it's, it really is obvious it just shows um just how far sports is coming that all these people are accepted in their locker rooms yeah, and I, I think it's another example of that how one begets another. I mean, when Eric uh, did a story on the number of LGBT athletes in Division One programs historically, he heard from several people saying, hey, I was out at such and such, and we heard from Mike Nelson, a swimmer at the University of Iowa, who said, oh, I've been out and I want to tell my story. And so people actually now want to be on these lists, the same way with the Olympic list, where we heard from at least two Olympians who were in Rio at the time saying, um, can you add me to your list? And they had seen right. it when they were, you know, even though they were competing. And so this is, this is a badge of honor for people. And I think the fact that we've missed a few is maybe a good sign that this is in some ways, it's not as big of a, you know, it's like if there were five people, we would all know the five, but at 171, you kind of lose track at a certain point. So I think some of that is just, it's hard to sort of keep track entirely of everybody, because like you said, if we don't, these are people whose stories were known for the first time in 2016. They could have been out for years, but they hadn't told their story publicly. And it's done on, on TV, radio, on the Internet, and in print, and whatever. So uh, it's possible to miss, but it, it's a great list. And what's great about the list, too, is how eclectic and diverse it is. The number of sports, I think there was something like at least 25 or It is just sort of an amazing thing from water polo players to NBA administrators to coaches. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's pretty much almost every sport. I think that in our, you know, you look at it, it's an amazing eclectic list, male, female, LGBT. So that's what I like about it also. It's not a 
it's not a specific, oh, just to this sport. It's not like, oh, there's nobody from football there. There's nobody from this sport. Is there's from everything. And, and the the you know and the Paralympic sports you know which are sports in and of themselves and and you know it's 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 neat to see wheelchair basketball and goalball and other things included in that so yeah. And speaking of one of the athletes that came out was sort of known for the first time last year was uh, Amanda Nunes, a MMA fighter with the UFC who was the bantamweight champion, but she fought the 30th uh, week ago on December against Ronda Rousey in her first Rousey's first fight since she lost uh, 14 months prior and Rousey was was the story was the big favor Amanda got very little attention um, which probably expected since Rousey had been the superstar and Amanda knocked her out in 48 seconds of round one I mean pretty much just ended Rousey's probably UFC career and she is totally out lesbian. Her girlfriend is another, also a fighter. They, you know, they train together. So it was really cool to see someone who was so open about her sexual orientation, you know, do something on that stage. And people were were, were trying to say that, um, you know, because the UFC was focusing on Rousey during its 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 promotion and lead up to the fight that it was that UFC was homophobic and they were ignoring Nunes because she was gay. You know, I I I don't know if any of that's true. It would be interesting to see Nunes' next fight. Now that she is the champion, she's probably ended Rousey's career. You have to remember Ronda Rousey is might be the most recognizable name in all of mixed martial arts. I mean right now and and you know McGregor. I mean, there are a couple others, but Ronda Rousey is the big name. She's the big draw. She's why people are tuning in. And a year from now, Nunes is still the champion. She may become what Rousey is today. But Rousey's the big name. And if I were promoting that fight, I'd be focusing a heck of a lot more on the big name Ronda Rousey in her in her big return after her only loss than than Nunes. So I I think I'm holding withholding judgment of. UFC's homophobia in regard to Nunes until I see where they go next with this. Um, but, you know, I, 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 it, it's hard to say that they should have spent as much time promoting Nunes as they do with Rousey, just, just given how much uh, interest there was in Rousey's return. Yeah, I was just surprised that the relative lack, very lack of coverage among the MMA blogs of not just her, but her, her story. I mean, it is it is rare still to have an openly gay athlete. I know, it's, you know, people think, oh, women are, you know, they're 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 more than they're out, whatever. And even if that's true, it still was kind of cool that she um, she was very public about it. Um, you know, about her relationship with her uh, her girlfriend, and they, you know, they have pictures of them together. They've been very open on Instagram, and so um, it was actually really a, a great part of it for me was how. She didn't shy away from this, and I don't want to talk about it. She's really very much um, open about it, and she really she did an amazing job. And then I, I saw that she got oh Rousey got paid like three million, and uh, Nunes got two hundred thousand. <laughs> well, again, Nunes is now the I, and she was the champion before. Now she's knocked out the champion's champion, and and. In the first round, in the first minute. So, 48 uh, seconds. I, again, the, yeah, I would expect those numbers 
to change dramatically for her. And if they don't, then I will absolutely start looking at homophobia and other issues. But, uh, you know, Noons is the champion now, and, and she's got the belt. It's kind of like Dak Prescott getting, you know, paid nothing this year despite being a, a you know talked about as an MVP candidate. This is this is what happens to the newcomers. And once you establish yourself, then you expect the big paydays. This this is sports. This is you know unless you're a top draft pick uh, in in a league, you're not getting paid out of the gate. So this is just kind of this is the way this is the way it is. Yeah, but just it was a fan, it was just a great accomplishment by her and you know another sign that you know, this idea about you can't be open and somehow be successful of course which has been demolished over you know all the time but uh that was uh that was fantastic and a couple other stories we had uh talk a bit about this guy from the New Jersey Devils we're seeing more and more I bring that up because we're seeing more of uh administrative people in pro sports are coming forward it used to be this real rarity now we've had people from uh got the Arizona Cardinals the Devils uh, was it the Milwaukee Bucks last year, the uh, Kansas City Royals, Boston Red Sox, just to name five off the top of my head of of people who are more comfortable because you know th- their their careers in in the, those fields can last until they retire in their 60s. They're not like players, so yeah. they don't want you know being closeted for your entire life must would be really painful. So talk a bit about just this idea that you know that sports is, sports at least at that level is simply more and more friendly place for people to be openly gay well i i think one of the first of all most of these places they're they're corporations some of them are owned by really big corporations and corporate america is generally lgbt friendly being associated with discrimination of any sort is not something that most corporations want to have anything to do with it it hurts your bottom line it alienates a, a huge part of of the the public, um, and 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 so you know most corporations are pretty LGBT friendly, and and so it, sh- it shouldn't be a big surprise that the Boston Red Sox and the Milwaukee Bucks and the New Jersey Devils, uh, and 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 lots of other places have openly out LGBT employees, and that they're not and that they're embraced, and and one of the you know a couple of the neat things I think that come out of this is one some of these LGBT people are really pushing these teams to have to make public statements or hold or hold pride events and I think that's really cool. We talk about how change comes from within Jake Martin, the Ohio State um gymnast that you talked about. You know, one of the things that that Eric Hall wrote about in his article is how just his presence has helped make the team less racist and less homophobic and that's happened at the front offices and i think the other piece is that the repercussions that these out lgbt people can have on on athletes when you know that there are out people being accepted in the front offices and you know that the personnel decisions are being made by the front offices i i would guess that it would make uh, athletes feel a little more comfortable in in coming out and, and know that they would be accepted by the people if they're already accepting people in in the workplace yeah, I think the difference is we're hearing more people who want to tell their stories publicly, whereas they've always been there, but they've been reticent. And so I think it's a change in the culture. And I do think the next step would be, are we ever going to see coaches at any level in the pros, assistants or head coaches, be comfortable enough to be who they are? Um, Billy Bean said, you know, told me once he had dated for a short while an assistant coach in a pro sport and how this guy was so closeted and like you know it was it was he, it, the relationship couldn't last because the guy was basically afraid of his own shadow and 
you know, these assistant coaches, they basically live on the job. And so I was kind of wondered if how many, say, assistant coaches in the NFL, which, you know, almost like a year-round job, are gay and how many self-selectively get out of the business because they realize they don't want to stay, they, they don't feel they can be open about that until they're, say, 65. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about that. Uh, there are certainly fewer coaches out there than athletes, so it's not a surprise that there are far fewer out coaches than out athletes at the high school and, and collegiate level that, that we know of at least. But, yeah, I think the co- coaches have such different pressures than athletes do. Their careers do go on for a lot longer. They are in positions of power. Uh, and, and, yeah, it's just, it's, just a, it's a whole different beast you know the coaches coaches their their lives are more um tied to their job like the coaches during the season an nfl coach is working 20 hours a day Uh, players go home to go to bed they have to rest their bodies these coaches are going and going and going and in the off season they're going and going and going when the players you know aren't even allowed around the the facility so coaches are just a different beast altogether yeah, we'll see that. We saw the Denver Broncos coach, Gary Kubiak, resign because basically he probably would have died on the sidelines if he had some major complex migraine. So it's a it's a grueling thing. So we hope that we hope that one of these days we have coming out story from an assistant coach, at least in one of the big sports. Uh, but we're off to a good start with uh, coming out stories. We, we hope to hit up more than 171. Might be tough with no Olympics, but we will be there to track them all. So, um Happy New Year, Sid. Happy New Year, Outsports uh, listeners and readers, and we'll talk to you next week.